0: Matthew, chapter 6, verses 28 through 34, of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas, verse 28 through 30. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not he much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Chrysostom. Having shown that it is not right to be anxious about food, he passes to that which is less, for raiment is not so necessary as food, and asks, Why are you careful wherewith ye shall be clothed? He uses not here the instance of the birds, when he might have drawn some to the point, as the peacock or the swan, but brings forward the lilies, saying, Consider the lilies of the field. He would prove in two things the abundant goodness of God, to wit the richness of the beauty with which they are clothed, and the mean value of the things so clothed with it. Augustine. The things instanced are not to be allegorized, so that we inquire, what is denoted by the birds of the air or the lilies of the field they are only examples to prove god's care for the greater from his care for the less pseudo chrysostom for the lilies within a fixed time are formed into branches clothed in whiteness and endowed with sweet odour god conveying by an unseen operation what the earth had not given to the root but in all the same perfectness is observed that they may not be thought to have been formed by chance, but may be known to be ordered by God's providence. When he says, they toil not, he speaks for the comfort of men, neither do they spin for the women. Chrysostom, he forbids not labor, but carefulness, both here and above when he spoke of sowing, gloss. And for the greater exaltation of God's providence in those things that are beyond human industry, he adds, I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Jerome. For in sooth what regal purple, what silk, what web of diverse colors from the womb may vie with flowers. What work of man has the red blush of the rose, the pure white of the lily? How the tyrant dyes yields to the violet, sight alone and not words can express. Chrysostom. As widely as truth differs from falsehood, so widely do our clothes differ from flowers. If then Solomon, who was more eminent than all other kings, yet was surpassed by flowers, how shall you exceed the beauty of flowers by your garments? And Solomon was exceeded by the flowers not once only or twice, but throughout his whole reign. And this is that he says, in all his glory for no one day was he arrayed as are the flowers. Chrysostom, Or the meaning may be that Solomon, though he toiled not for his own raiment, yet he gave command for the making of it. But where command is, there is often found both offense of them that minister and wrath of him that commands. When, then, any are without these things, then they are arrayed as are the lilies. Hillary, or by the lilies are to be understood the eminences of the heavenly angels to whom our surpassing radiance of whiteness is communicated by God. They toil not, neither do they spin, because the angelic powers received in the very first allotment of their existence such a nature that as they were made, so they should ever continue to be. And when in the resurrection men shall be like unto angels, he would have them look for a covering of angelic glory, by this example of angelic excellence, pseudo Chrysostom, if God then provides for the flowers of the earth, which only spring up when they may be seen and die, shall He overlook men whom He has created not to be seen for a time, but that they should be for ever? Jerome, tomorrow in Scripture is put for time future in general. Jacob says, So shall my righteousness answer for me tomorrow. And in the Phantasm of Samuel, the Pythoness says to Saul, Tomorrow shalt thou be with me. Gloss. Some copies have into the fire, or into an heap, which has the appearance of an oven. Persostom. He calls them no more lilies, but the grass of the field, to show their small worth and adds, moreover, another cause of their small value, which today is, and he said not, and tomorrow is not, but what is yet greater fall, is cast into heaven, in that he says, how much more you, is implicitly conveyed the dignity of the human race, as though he had said, you to whom he has given a soul, for whom he contrived a body, to whom he has sent prophets, and gave his only begotten Son. Gloss. He says of little faith, for that faith is little which is not sure of even the least things. Hilary. Or under the signification of grass, the Gentiles are pointed to. If then an eternal existence is only therefore granted to the Gentiles, that they may soon be handed over to the judgment fires. How impious it is that the saints should doubt of attaining to eternal glory, when the wicked have. Eternity bestowed on them for their punishment. Rigmig. Spiritually, by the birds of the air are meant the saints who are born again in the water of holy baptism, and by devotion raise themselves above the earth and seek the skies. The apostles are said to be of more value than these, because they are the heads of the saints. By the lilies also may be understood the saints, who without the toil of regal ceremonies pleased God by faith alone, of whom it is said, My Beloved, who feedeth among the lilies? Holy Church also is understood by the lilies, because of the whiteness of its faith, and the odor of its good conversation, of which it is said, in the same place, as the lily among the thorns. By the grass are denoted the unbelievers, of whom it is said, The grass hath dried up, and the flowers thereof faded. By the oven eternal damnation so that the sense be if god bestows temporal goods on unbelievers how much more shall he bestow on you eternal goods verse thirty one through thirty three therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewith shall we be clothed for after all these things do the gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Gloss. Having thus expressly cut off all anxiety concerning food and raiment by an argument drawn from observation of the inferior creation, he follows it up by a further prohibition. Be not ye therefore careful, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Rigmig. The Lord repeated this that he might show how highly necessary this precept is, and that he might inculcate it more strongly on our hearts. Rabbon, It should be observed that he does not say, Do not ye seek, or be thoughtful for food, drink, and raiment, but what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, or wherewithal ye shall be clothed. Wherein they seem to me to be convicted, who, using themselves the usual food and clothing, require of those with whom they live either greater sumptuousness or greater austerity in both. Gloss. There is also a further needless solicitude wherein men sin, when they lay by of produce or money more than necessity requires, and leaving spiritual things are intent on these things as though despairing of the goodness of God. This is what is forbidden, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek? pseudo Chrysostom, Since their belief is that it is fortune and not providence that has place in human affairs, and think not that their lives are directed by God's counsel, but follow the uncertain chance, they accordingly fear and despair, as having none to guide them. But he who believes that he is guided by God's counsel entrusts his provision of food to God's hand as it follows, For your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Chrysostom He said not, God knoweth, but your father knoweth, in order to lead them to higher hope, for if he be their father, he will not endure to forget his children, since not even human fathers could do so. He says that ye have need of all these things, in order that, for that very reason, because they are necessary, he may the more lay aside all anxiety. For he who denies his son bare necessities, after what fashion is he a father? But for superfluities they have no right to look with the like confidence. Augustine, God did not gain this knowledge by any certain time, but before all time. Without beginning of knowledge, foreknew that the things of the world would be, and among others, both what and when we should ask of him as to what some say that these things are so many that they cannot be compassed by the knowledge of god they ought with like reason to maintain further that god cannot know all numbers which are certainly infinite but infinity of number is not beyond the compass of his understanding who is himself infinite therefore if whatever is compassed by knowledge is bounded by the compass of him that has the knowledge then all is infinity in a certain unspeakable way bounded by god because it is not incomprehensible by his knowledge the that there is a providence is shown by such signs as the following the continuance of all things of those things especially which are in a state of decay and reproduction and the place and order of all things that exist is ever preserved in one and the same state And how could this be done unless by some presiding power? But some affirm that God does not indeed care for the general continuance of all things in the universe and provides for this, but that all particular events depend on contingency. Now, there are but three reasons that can be alleged for God exercising no providence of particular events. Either God is ignorant that it is good to have knowledge of particular things, or he is unwilling, or he is unable. But ignorance is altogether alien from blessed substance. For how shall God not know what every wise man knows, that if particulars were destroyed, the whole would be destroyed? But nothing prevents all individuals from perishing, when no power watches over them. If again he be unwilling, this must be from one of two reasons, inactivity or the meanness of the occupation. But inactivity is produced by two things, Either we are drawn aside by some pleasure or hindered by some fear, neither of which can be piously supposed of God, if they affirm that it would be unbecoming, for that is beneath such blessedness, to stoop to things so trifling. How is it not inconsistent that a workman overseeing the whole of any machine leaves no part, however insignificant, without attention, knowing that the whole is but made up of the parts, and thus pronounce God the creator of all things to be less wise than the craftsman? But if it be that he is unable, then he is unable to bestow benefits on us. But if we are unable to comprehend the manner of special providence, we have not, therefore, any right to deny its operation. We might as well say that, because we did not know the number of mankind, therefore there were no men. Chrysostom. Thus, then, let him who believes himself to be under the rule of God's counsel commit his provision into God's hand, but let him meditate of good and evil, which if he do not, he will neither shun the evil nor lay hold of the good. Therefore it is added, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. The kingdom of God is the reward of good works. His righteousness is the way of piety by which we go to that kingdom. If then you consider how great is the glory of the saints, you will either through fear of punishment depart from evil or through desire of glory hasten to good. And if you consider what is the righteousness of God, what he loves and what he hates, the righteousness itself will show you his ways, as it attends on those that love it. And the account we shall have to render is not whether we have been poor or rich, but whether we have done well or ill, which is in our great power. Gloss. Or, he says, his righteousness, as though he were to say, ye are made righteous through him, and not through yourselves. pseudo Chrysostom. The earth for the man's sin is accursed, that it should not put forth fruit. According to that in Genesis, cursed is the ground in thy works. But when we do well, then it is blessed. Seek righteousness, therefore, and thou shalt not lack food. Wherefore it follows, and all these things shall be added unto you. Augustine. To wit, These temporal goods which are thus manifestly shown not to be such goods as those goods of ours for the sake of which we ought to do well, and yet they are necessary. The kingdom of God and his righteousness is our good which we ought to make our end. But since in order to attain this end we are militant in this life which may not be lived without supply of these necessities, he promises these things shall be added unto you. That, he says, first implies that these are to be sought second, not in time, but in value. The one is our good, the other necessary to us. For example, we ought not to preach that we may eat, for so we should hold the gospel as of less value than our food. But we should therefore eat that we may preach the gospel. But if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that is, set this before all other things, and seek other things for the sake of this, we ought not to be anxious, lest we should lack necessaries. And therefore he says, All these things shall be added unto you, that is, of course, without being an hindrance to you, that you may not in seeking them be turned away from the other, and thus set two ends before you. Chrysostom And he said not, Shall be given, but shall be added, that you may learn that the things that are now are not to the greatness of the things that shall be. Augustine. But when we read that the Apostle suffered hunger and thirst, let us not think that God's promises failed him, for these things are rather aids. That physician to whom we have entirely entrusted ourselves knows well when he will give and when he will withhold, as he judges most for our advantage so that should these things ever be lacking to us, as God to exercise us often permits, it will not weaken our fixed purpose, but rather confirm it when wavering. Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Gloss. Having forbid anxiety for the things of the day, he now forbids anxiety for future things such a fruitless care as proceeds from the fault of men. In these words, Be not ye anxious about the morrow. Jerome. Tomorrow in Scripture signifies time future, as Jacob in Genesis says, Tomorrow shall my righteousness hear me. And in the phantasm of Samuel the Pythoness, says to Saul, Tomorrow shalt thou be with me. He yields therefore unto them that they should care for things present, though he forbids them to take thought for things to come for sufficient for us is the thought of time present let us leave to god the future which is uncertain and this is that he says the morrow shall be anxious for itself that is it shall bring its own anxiety with it for sufficient for the day is the evil thereof by evil he means here not that which is contrary to virtue but toil and affliction and the hardships of life chrysostom nothing brings so much pain to the spirit as anxiety and cark that he says the morrow shall be anxious for itself comes of the desire to make more plain what he speaks to that end employing a prosopia of time after the practice of many in speaking to the rude populace to impress them the more he brings in the day itself complaining of its too heavy cares Has not every day a burden enough of its own, and its own cares? Why then do you add to them by laying on those that belong to another day? Chrysostom. Otherwise, by today are signified such things as are needful for us in this present life. Tomorrow denotes those things that are superfluous. Be not ye therefore anxious for the morrow. Thus means, seek not to have aught beyond that which is necessary for your daily life. FOR THAT WHICH IS OVER AND ABOVE, I.E. TOMORROW, SHALL CARE FOR ITSELF. TOMORROW SHALL BE ANXIOUS FOR ITSELF, IS AS MUCH AS TO SAY, WHEN YOU HAVE HEAPED UP SUPERFLUITIES, THEY SHALL CARE FOR THEMSELVES. YOU SHALL NOT ENJOY THEM, BUT THEY SHALL FIND MANY LORDS WHO SHALL CARE FOR THEM. WHY THEN SHOULD YOU BE ANXIOUS ABOUT THOSE THINGS, THE PROPERTY OF WHICH YOU MUST PART WITH? SUFFICIENT FOR THE DAY IS ITS OWN EVIL as much as to say, the toil you undergo for necessaries is enough. Do not toil for things superfluous. Augustine, or otherwise, tomorrow is said only of time where future succeeds to past. When, then, we work any good work, we think not of earthly but heavenly things. The morrow shall be anxious for itself, that is, take food and the like when you ought to take it, that is, when necessity begins to call for it for sufficient for the day is its own evil. That is, it is enough that necessity shall compel to take these things. He calls it evil because it is penal, inasmuch as it pertains to our mortality, which we earned by sinning. To this necessity, then, of worldly punishment, add no further weight, that you may not only fulfill it, but may even so fulfill it as to show yourself God's soldier. But herein we must be careful, that when we see any servant of God endeavoring to provide necessaries either for himself or those committed to his care, we do not straight judge him to sin against this command of the Lord in being anxious for the morrow. For the Lord himself, to whom angels ministered, thought good to carry a bag for example's sake. And in the Acts of the Apostles it is written that food necessary for life was provided for future time at a time when famine threatened. What the Lord condemns, therefore, is not the provision of these things after the manner of men, but if a man, because of these things, does not fight as God's soldier. Hilary, this is further comprehended under the meaning of the divine words. We are commanded not to be careful about the future, because sufficient for our life is the evil of the days wherein we live, that is to say, the sins, that all our thoughts and pains be occupied in cleansing this away. And if our care be slack, yet will the future be careful for itself, in that there is held out to us a harvest of eternal love to be provided by God. End of chapter 6, verses 28 through 34.